Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. My name is Miles Chupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen to Gog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick, psychic Josh Landy is in Soho House, aka his library area. Hi, Josh. Hi, Boyd. I was just saying to our guest before we commence the recording that I won't apologise for how dishevelled the hair and the beard are starting to look. Because I was going to say, I was going to say, hours. Yeah, until haircut. So it's all okay. Right. Okay, we're speaking on Monday. We're speaking on the day of the um, the end of lockdown in, for many um, businesses. You can shop, you can get your hair cut, you can go to the gym. I've done all those things, obviously, today. Um, I haven't at all. Um, but and, and things look. Uh, I've stayed in and wrote about TV and stuff. Um, but it's it's a momentous day, and, and it's appropriate that it's the day after our um, fabulous victory over Sheffield United. We won 3-0. We've turned everything around. We've rescued our season. We've scored the greatest goal in recent football history. We watched Danny Sabah's complete 17 back flicks. We've soared to a heady ninth in the league and everything is going to be okay. Isn't that right? Uh, Well, we've got a great guest. Trevor Harris is here. Um, Experienced commentator. One-time commentator, I think, for Arsenal, Trevor. Indeed. Um, yeah, many years ago, yeah, absolutely. Many years ago. Uh, what's the last thing you commentated on? Uh, it was a Chelsea, I think Chelsea Leeds, uh, Leeds Chelsea, I think okay. it was. Okay, okay. Um, uh, Trevor, are you, are you feeling, what's your, I think the last time you were on this podcast, we were mired in the downward spiral of the season. Is that right? When um, we were really yeah. shit. Um, we've kind <laughs> late, of... We, late November. <laughs> late November. That We then... We then kind of came out of that. We found a way out of it, mainly due to Mill Smith Rowe, as I mentioned every week. Um, and now we're kind of, well, he's injured and Odegaard's injured, but we did well yesterday. Uh, but we also haven't discussed Thursday's calamitous climax to that all-round mediocre performance against Slavia Prague. And we've got to win on Thursday. What's your feeling, Trevor, about, before I continue to rant on... 
Well, I know I know your tongue was firmly in cheek talking about turning our season around because, to be honest, you know, being Sheffield United, it's a bit like if you if you go to the Savoy for a job as a head chef and they say, "What dish are you going to do?" You go, "I'll do your boiled egg." I mean, it doesn't prove anything. <laughs> Sheffield United are a terrible team, um, so you know, great, we beat them. Uh, I think more importantly and more worryingly from our point of view is the injury to Saka. I don't know how serious it is. But the game that will make or break our season or the, the next one that will is on Thursday night, hugely more important than the Sheffield United game. And, you know, if we don't have Saka for that, we haven't had Tierney for several games, I I, I start to seriously worry about, um, you know, being knocked out of the Europa League uh, by, a, by a team that we really should be beating relatively comfortably. Apparently, Saka might just be a, a, like a dead leg type situation. It's, hope, it's, hope, it's, hope yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he played yesterday. Now, it's interesting, wasn't it, yesterday, um, Josh? Because um, I think when the team was announced against Sheffield United, we all thought that um, Zaka was going to play left-back and that it would be midfield of Xhaka and Ceballos with um, Lacazette up front, Martinelli, picked, we'll talk about him in a minute. But he then confounded us, Arteta, with a cunning, what turned out to be a cunning tactical move and put Xhaka at left-back. Well, he's played before on, on BT Sport. I have to say, this happens a lot when you get people in general sporting um, broadcasts who don't watch Arsenal every fucking week like we do. They they, they didn't even know that Xhaka was capable or had ever played in that position. Of course, he had. Because um, yeah. I think the commentator said something like, I, I now quote, well, you see something new every every day. But of course, it wasn't new because he had played there before. It was a surprise, I think, wasn't it? And um, Saka was kind of in the number 10 role, um, which was interesting, kind of floating free, wild and free. What did you think, Josh, of that of that whole um, setup? Were you stunned and shocked, and do you think it was a cunning ploy by Arteta? Well, I was definitely surprised because even when you saw the eleven players that were selected, yeah, I don't think too many of us would have would have seen that coming. And you know, to to see um, an Arsenal team that's had to play Cedric at left back in recent weeks, and we know what happened very really late against Slavia Prague and possible fingers that could be pointed. So, it probably wasn't a huge surprise to see a change in that position on the pitch but um yeah look I, I think he he's just got to look at what players are available to him at the moment and your your choices at left back are limited hugely at the moment and when Saka is not part of us going forward we're really missing something aren't we so I, I think you have to give some credit and maybe we also have to be a bit realistic that if there was one game where you thought you know what we can get away with playing Granite Xhaka at left back it was what Trevor was alluding to. It, it was Sheffield United away who will probably go down as one of the, you know, worst five, certainly, if not slightly higher Premier League teams in history. So um, perhaps it didn't quite feel the risk that it, it might have done. So you wouldn't fixture. play, you wouldn't play Xhaka at left back against um, Slavia I think Prague. Cedric's going to come back. Really? I, 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 I think so. What do you think, Trev? Do you think Cedric? I agree. I agree. I think it's too, I think it's too much of a risk. I mean, to be honest, and without sort of harping back to what I was saying a minute ago, um, I mean, Josh, you could have you could have played left back uh, yesterday, and I don't think been a problem. Could have could have stuck Boyd on the right actually, if we if we wanted to. I mean, they were so poor, weren't they, the Blades? But yeah, I I I tend to agree with you. I think I think he'll push Cedric in at left back. Just you know, more experience in that position, obviously. Plus, I think he'll want Xhaka's, um steal in midfield. Um, yeah. So kind of two ways of, yeah. of, of, of two reasons for doing it, really. I agree with that point. I think, I mean, Cedric wasn't great, was he, in that position last week? Because you know, because he is he's, he is right footed, and having a right foot footer at left back isn't ideal. And I think well, he did keep he kept having to transfer the ball rather clumsily. To the to problem, go on. The problem is we've got three who could play yeah. right back in Bellerin, yeah. Chambers. And Cedric have all been given opportunities, and unfortunately, um, the one option at the club really Tierney is, is obviously now out. And, uh, you know, we, I guess you could argue we sort of brought it upon ourselves by, you know, Kalazinac being able to, uh, oh, being yeah. allowed, sorry, to, to leave the club. So mm. it's just a little bit, it's unusual, isn't it? I mean, most other clubs would have two solidish left-back options, certainly um, available to them. So, yeah. With I think Cedric in their now, minds. Cedric now is, is the one that's yeah. got to be protected. And it probably I think in is their minds, the better I think in their minds, Cedric is cover at both fullback positions, but he's clearly not great, is he? I mean, he played one game. I'm sure I remember if um, he played one game where he was kind of pretty good, but 
I didn't think he wasn't great in that in the Slavia Prague. I do worry, but I agree with your point, Trevor, that it's too big a miss in midfield, isn't it, Jaffa, for not to play Xhaka further forward, especially when because otherwise he's going to have to play Al Neni or I mean mm. Sabayos. Sabayos, right? So can we talk about Sabayos for a second? Right? What an enigma! Like he was, he has been terrible, hasn't he? Recently, he yeah. was. He, he almost single-handedly let two goals in the Europa fairly recently, conceding two goals, giving the ball away in, in kind of in positions he shouldn't have even been anyway. Then yesterday he can he can has this like masterclass of skills and all these little flicks and you know incredible passes, some incredible passes, some brilliant moments. But obviously it's against the worst team in the league, as we've said. But I just think he's either brilliant or shit, um, Sabayas. It, it, it's kind of frustrating. Well, we need him to be uh, the former, don't we, on Thursday? I think... But do you think he'll even play on Thursday? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think one all is one of those... It's one of the most interesting score lines uh, yeah. that going into a second leg because we have to score, obviously, yeah. If they score the first goal, it doesn't change that much because right. we we'd be out and nil yeah. anyway. So uh, it's an inter- I think that um, Arteta can actually afford to be a little more attacking because if we do concede the first goal, okay, we need to score. And I think that you know they did a. I, I'm still trying to work out in my head in that first game. Was it that uh, Slavia Prague, Prague played well in a, in a, in terms of containing us? Or was it that we were just unbelievably lacklustre and lacking energy? It's probably a little bit of both. I think they're a very well-organised side. You know, they've had some good results. They're not a Mickey Mouse team. They've had some good results in the Europa League this season. They're all conquering in their domestic league. So it ain't going to be easy. And I think we need to adopt a, a kind of a positive approach. First, because we have to score. And second, because if they score, it doesn't change that much. Well, I, right. It's interesting, isn't it? The, the one all because I, I remember um, uh, Arteta's post-match interview in that game, and um, he basically said, "Well, we now at least now one the one good thing about the result, in a way, is that we know we have to go out and attack." Yeah. So, you know, saying that, presumably, he's going to pick a team unlike the one I think he picked on Thursday, and I do think this comes back to him. Because I think the team you picked on Thursday, particularly William, I know I know everyone goes on about William a lot, but when you've got Lacazette up front, who's not the fastest in the in the world, you know, I think he's on he's on he's on decent form. He played really well yesterday. He played really yeah. well against Spurs. People have a go at him, but I do think he's he's you know he can knit the attack together quite well when he's on it. And he had that terrible miss against Slavia Prague, which was embarrassing, excruciating. But then and then yesterday he scored a really good goal. So. But what I'm saying is, if you play Lacazette, you can't have William, can you? This 30-whatever-something, slow, predictable, tedious figure who hasn't hasn't scored a goal. I know he's made some. I know he's made some goals, but it's just it's just too slow, isn't it, for modern day football? Have both of them in attack? And thank God, yesterday with Martinelli, what a difference to me. Yeah. Like I know Martinelli within about two minutes had already created a chance for himself. I know, you know, he had a couple of shots and people said, Oh, he's, he's um, being selfish. I'm like, hold on. We, you know, our players are among the most reluctant in the world of football to actually shoot. We've got this brilliant young guy who's shooting at least give him, you know, I, I if he does, I, I think he has to play him. Doesn't he? I mean, well, it partly depends with Odegaard or, or Emilsmith right fit, but he can't play William and Lacazette together. Can he? I mean, that was inane. I thought that was, and, and that kind of decision-making from him in our most important game of the season does make me worry. Well, if it's possible to be as, uh, as you know, for anyone to be as negative about William as you are, uh, uh, Boyd, I'm, 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 I'm in a, I'm in your camp, and I, I just, I think he's an utter disgrace. The thing about uh, Lacazette, and I, I like Lacazette. Lacazette, we if we play Lacazette, we have to play to his strengths, yeah. which are basically holding the ball up, and you've got to play into his feet. You know, he's as you say, he's not he's not a sprinter. You know, he's not a Aubameyang. You can't play it into space and expect him to run onto it. And when we do play to his strengths, I think he looks a very decent player and he's, and he's a decent finisher and he's got you know, a decent goal-scoring record for us this season. Um, I don't think Williams should, should be anywhere near the starting lineup. Frankly, I wouldn't even have him on the plane, but yeah, he'll have to go because we've got a load of injuries. Um, Smith-Rowe, let's hope he's fit. Uh, Odegaard, the same. Um, but we just still look a little bit lightweight. And you know what I think about, about Tierney? It's not just that we miss him as a you know, 
an excellent footballer and a, and a top class left back. We miss his energy mm. and, and his enthusiasm and his determination and his dedication to the cause. And I think that that rubs off on other players. And when oh, he's yeah. not there, we don't have that. Against yeah. Liverpool, and he went off injured, didn't he? We were absolutely pathetic and not much better against Slavia Prague. So, you know... That's it, why I think he... You know, Martinelli provides a similar level of does. enthusiasm. Abs- absolutely. And excitement. Yeah, I agree do with you. Not think, do, you not, do you not think, Josh, that Martinelli... I don't think he's been given anywhere near enough playing time this season. Is it just me? No, I t- totally agree. And I think we've touched on it, you know, in, in recent weeks because it seems like everybody else in the squad has been given opportunities and started games and and had enough minutes to kind of prove their place. And, uh, you know, finally he was he was given a start. But, you know, there have been enough um, abject performances from other members of the squad who have been given those opportunities. And there's been a lot of games as well. I mean, there's been some, you know, Europa League ties where he could could have got on and or sort of been brought on earlier. And that whole excitement that was there for his return that came in December, um, you know, against Chelsea and, you know, the enthusiasm that the fans had and often Arsenal fans do this and all fans do this that the player gets better when they're absent but this genuinely yeah. looked exciting to, ha- to have him back and obviously he had a setback and, and injuries but on on ability and excitement and you know what what he can bring then we have to hope that he gets you know significant opportunities in the well in the games we've got left I was going to say obviously seven league games but hopefully four more in Europe yeah, I don't think. I think. I think not playing Martinelli. The not playing Martinelli issue is entirely about William. And I think you know. And I think partly. I mean, I think. I don't think there's any problem between him and the manager at all. I don't. You know, people are kind of looking for conspiracy theories a bit. I just think in Arteta's mind, the kind of you know, there's a hierarchy, isn't there? That he kind of and and you know, Emil Smith Rowe. In our in in terms of our attacking players, Emil Smith Rowe. Um, uh, Saka, Lacazette, or Bamiyang are all ahead, but and, 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 well. and Odegaard, right? Odegaard, thank yeah. you. And, and the only and so kind of like he's fallen back because he can't fit everyone in attack. But the one player that really shouldn't be as as we've all, as we've established is William. That's the big. And there, I think it's a case of he just plays him fairly I mean there was a period where he didn't play him for a long time thank god and now he's kind of been on and off in and out on and off and I think it's just literally a case of well I bought him I have to kind of back it you know a little bit and that is infuriating isn't it that is really infuriating when a player is in a head in the pecking order purely because you're kind of paying him a wage every week and you bought him and you know you can't just sit there on the you know but for me he could should just sit there and, and it's much more important to play Martinelli but we'll see what what do you think so if, say, Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe are, are, are still out, right, injured, I would just roughly play the team he played yesterday. Like, why wouldn't, what, what, what would be, you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe Aubameyang is still Lacazette, maybe. But Aubameyang's got this in flu. We'll talk about that in a second. But for me, like, he, he found a way yesterday. Again, I know it's only, I know it's only Sheffield United, but I still yeah. think the performance was very positive in terms of a flowing, attacking, fluid team and to me it's like well if if, if you know they, if they can play like that then pick most of them again if if you know our best players are still out injured if you like yeah Aubameyang's in a bit of an enigma at the moment isn't he I actually thought he added a bit of energy when he came on late mm. in, in the first game um, oh definitely yeah probably should have scored but but he but he did and suddenly you've got an injection of pace and a natural born finisher albeit that he, he missed that chance but so it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I Earlier in the season, he'd have been one of the first people on my team sheet. Now, I'm not so sure, especially with Lacazette playing well. Um, I I think I might leave him on the bench, and I can't believe I'm even, I'm even saying that. But if if it's, things aren't going right, I think he needs to come on, you know, relatively early, with give him at least half an hour, rather than just the, I don't, what did he get in the first game, 10 minutes or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Josh is is the um, the flu that you know people say people people who know more about the health of um, the country than me and that's most people say there are there is no flu apparently right now 
and 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 thus the excuse the the reason given for Bamiyang's absence at the weekend was was preposterous that they said he had flu. Now that I my theory is I, I don't think this is and so people are saying and I, and I joked on Twitter about it saying you know is it is it the Urzel strain of flu. Um, because of course uh, th- we did get to the position where Urza regularly would not go, particularly to like northern away games um, under v- Arsene Wenger, and would just the excuse would be he's not well, and it became a running joke and you know a big controversy. And it, this felt like the start of that all over again, didn't it? But I wonder whether we we're all getting over carried away. And in fact, he was ill because Shaka was ill, wasn't he? Recently, he was. We were told he was ill and he missed a game. I mean, he could just be ill, and it could just be he's got a cold, running nose, cough. You know, it's not COVID. It's not actually flu. But what do you think, Josh? Or am I being naive? Do you think it was all a big excuse? I think what you can't deny is what happened at the North London derby was was a big problem and that he, he turned up late and then he was also the first to leave, which I think if you're the captain and you've been reprimanded in that way, you you probably stick around and apologise to everyone and you probably aren't the first to rush out and leave unhappy. We then can't deny... He was left out against Slavia Prague and the only, you know, the European games are the only seriously important games left of the season. So if you've left out him again, you brought him on for, what was it, 15 minutes, 12 minutes? It was something. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much. And he looked great, as Trevor said. Yeah, he did well. So there's some kind of problem. The flu is an interesting one. Neither me or you are, you know, responsible for Public Health England, but it seems slightly... Um, unlikely that he should be available if needed for the, you know, Slavia Prague away game, but he didn't need to make the trip to Sheffield United because you also look at that bench. I mean, we had nothing attacking wise. I mean, it was in Ketia and Willian, and it was probably our least inspiring bench we've had all season. So I don't know. I mean, it seems a bit convenient that in this period where there is clearly a, some kind of issue between the two, which you query whether that can have been resolved as quickly as it has, that he is is missing for this game and this game only. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm probably with the conspiracy theorists that he wasn't unwell um, mm. and that for whatever reason he was excluded. But maybe it comes into the thinking again, it's Sheffield United away, just, you know, teach him more of a lesson, keep him away from the squad for another week and, you know, hope he's in a better frame of mind to rejoin for the big game in Prague. What do you, did you think, Trev, you... You think it was convenient? I've never, I've not heard this thing about flu doesn't exist at the moment. I, I, oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, people are saying it on 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 the internet. It doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Apparently, I was looking. I was trying to research it right, and and it, and apparently there is. It is true that because of COVID, particularly, yeah. the yeah. the incidences of normal your normal everyday flu, and that and I mean proper flu, as in the kind of flu you get you get um you know injected for to, to yes. so you don't get yes. it. Um, and uh, rather than a cold, but so apparently that kind of flu is very rare at the moment, generally in this country. Well, uh, so I, would, anyway. I, would, I would suggest then that um, for the avoidance of doubt, uh, Mikel Arteta should uh, should get the whole squad uh, vaccinated from flu. You can go; it's very cheap. It's about yeah. fiver, I believe. Go, yeah. get, get them all in the local boots, uh, you know, down the uh, down the Seven Sisters Road, and uh, and sort it out, and then there wouldn't be a problem. But also, I mean, did you see Aubameyang did uh, reach for his Instagram stories, didn't he, boys, yeah, to address yeah. this? And he referred to it as, you know, gutted I can't be out there with the team tonight, but hopefully back healthy yeah. on Thursday. Yeah. Good, he boys. could just so, have been feeling ill. I mean, it's possible. I don't yeah. think. I t- I'll say this, sick. right? You know, we've all done yeah. it, right? He's called right. in sick. It's, it's right. Chef United away. If yeah. it was, yeah. you know... Yeah. Bigger game, maybe it was snowing. It was fucking snowing, right? I mean, you can't blame him. No, in all seriousness, I don't think, right? And I was looking, and I was looking around to, uh, generally and asking you around. I don't think there's a massive problem between Aubameyang and Arteta. I really don't. Even though that, that, that you're right, the whole instant, the, the the Tottenham game, the lateness, and the early exit, which you're obsessed with, and um, and not being picked. I think not being picked last week was a footballing error. By by Arteta, in my opinion, I think you know. I think we really lacked kind of thrust in that game against, and we looked so much better when he came on. Mm. But I think Aubameyang. I don't think. I think I'm sure he's pissed off, right, rightly pissed off. But I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's like you know. I don't think it's Özil level of, of of rift. Put it that way between between the manager and the player. Yet, I mean, he has to be careful. I think um, um, the manager because in the end, 
he is, you know, Aubameyang is like, it's not so long. He's a world-class player. Isn't he? He's one of our few absolutely, well, I know he's had a bad season by standards, but he is a world-class player, a brilliant, you know, kind of brilliant personality, seemingly. Um, and I think to alienate him is is misguided, would be misguided by the manager. And I think, it, you know, if that's going to be the, if, I mean, I'm obsessed with what team is going to pick on Thursday. You know, if he, if if Aubameyang is fully fit and has recovered from whatever illness he had and is available, even though like and we even though Lacazette's you know in decent form, I'd still play Aubameyang. Yeah, I think if there was a serious rift between the manager and Aubameyang, then he would have stripped him of the captaincy, wouldn't he? I I, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. That would be a very public kind of dressing down, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean you're right. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think, I think he'd be insane to get into that kind of, you know, public rift with him. You know, you can't. Well, I, don't, I mean, do you know, I don't know anyone, Boyd, that actually thinks Arteta was wrong uh, to drop Aubameyang from the Spurs game because no, of, well, no, I think some people thought it was it was questionable to do it so publicly. You know, to come out and say. Um, you know, I've dropped him because. But, 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 so, what, what was you done? But then you're going back on what you said before. Make up some excuses, injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. No, I think I'm fine with that. I was fine with that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, generally, yeah. But I think, I think he has to tread carefully. Is all I'm saying. I think you know. I, I think you, you. I think he has to be careful. I think. I think sometimes Arteta is portraying himself as this. You know, the project, um, the discipline. I'm the disciplinarian. Uh, I've been through this before, you know, and yeah, he let William go off, you know, William went off and did a thing, you know, which he shouldn't have done, went off, had a trip to Dubai or whatever. I, I, I think, I think to, to, to have a rift with your best player or one of your best players, um, who you're, who's certainly your highest paid, highest paid player is madness. I don't think Arsenal of all clubs can afford to kind of have a manager who is happy to have a riff. And, I, and so, which is why I don't think there is one. I don't think, mm. like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I hope and pray that there isn't a rift. And I hope he plays him on Thursday. I really do. You know, for me, the dream is, you know, we, we've played really well in recent months. Every now and then we've put a good performance together. Sometimes it's the Lacazette up front, you know, and it might be with, um, with uh, Pepe and it might be with um, Saka, etc. But, when we played Aubameyang up front with Erdegaard and um, Zaka and who was the other player that I'm forgetting? Um, oh, Emil Smith-Rowe behind him. Three creative, fast, buzzy players. It was great. It looked really, really good. So the dream is they're all available on Thursday. I think if they're all around Thursday, we win that match and we go through. That's my feeling. I love your confidence. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could share it, but the, we've been so disappointing in so many games this season. I mean, to be honest, we don't sneak you think. Up. Here's my question, Trevor. Just, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Don't go, you go. think when we've been really bad, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arteta has to take a lot of blame for that. That his team selections and the way he sets us up has often been, for me, really negative. And he kind of turned it around when he started playing the Emil Smith Rose and he brought Odegaard and he, you know, and he played them together. I think you're right, and I would level a fair degree of criticism at the manager for some tactical ineptitude. But I think almost worse than that, almost worse than that, is the what I see as a kind of an attitude thing. Now, the game against Liverpool and the game against Slavia Prague particularly, there have been others, but, but they're the most recent two. Um, I think the game against Burnley in the second half was another one. It just looked like they didn't care enough. And that, to me, is the, the absolute ultimate criticism that you can you can level at a professional footballer that plays for your club whoever you support and it almost doesn't matter whether you support someone in the premier league or or you know league 2 because that should be a given effort heart should be an absolute given and if they and, and if the players are not doing that that's a huge black mark for the manager for me because you've got to address that's surely very easy to address I want 100% effort. If I don't get it, you don't play for this club. It's, it's as simple as that. It's a one-sentence thing. And, I, I, and that worries me more, Boyd, I think, almost, than some of the slightly weird, you know, tactical experiments that we've seen from Arteta this season. But I think, but the Liverpool game is a good example, I think, of, I think he has to take masses of amount of the blame for that because I think it all starts from him. If he's going to, the way he set us up in that game, um, it was. It was just. It was like what. What were we. What were we trying to do? It was so negative. It was so defensive. It was exactly like. It was like how we were in the Spurs game. 
we were brilliant, right? We were positive. We took hold of that game. We it was one of the we haven't dominated many games this season. We dominated yeah. that one, and then it was like in the Liverpool game, we were the Spurs. We put in that Spurs performance that they did against us. It was like we were so we were so kind of um, passive it, from every every area of the pitch, and I can't believe that the players weren't told to do certain things. That was the game um, when Aubameyang spent half his time uh, kind of left back. Trying to, mm. you know, monitoring um, t- Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. It was bizarre, that his tactics in that game. But, but, but if you remember, I think it was very similar in the home game against Manchester City. Where yeah, City yeah. The early goal through that that phenomenal header of the ball, uh, Raheem Sterling. And then basically, for the, for the remaining 88 minutes or whatever it was, just kind of thought, well, yeah, well, we'll just pass it amongst ourselves. And Arsenal show no passion. I don't think we got into their penalty area, did we? I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was embarrassing. We're the home bloody team. I know they're a good side. But you've got to at least make them work a little bit. Leeds showed you how to do that at the weekend. Um, so I, uh, I, I, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm the jury. My jury is out, Boyd, on on Arteta. Mm. I've gone through all kinds of different emotions with him. Yeah, same. Initially, same. and uh, you know, okay, give him some time to settle in. Some performances great, like the win after the win at Manchester United. Not just the fact that we won at Old Trafford, but we deserve to. We played really well with a plan. They didn't hurt us. And I thought, yeah, we've we found we found the answer. And then some of the poor we mentioned half of them. So I, I don't know. I mean, what what about you two? Are you are you kind of giving more time or yes, I want I, I want him to be here for a while, or mm, I'm really having doubts. What what do you think? I'll let Josh answer that first. No, I, I I think we're in the camp of, or certainly I am. It's been hugely disappointing if we can win the Europa League. To an extent, almost all is forgiven for getting the club back into the Champions League. And if we don't win the Europa League and we come any, whatever, 8th, ninth, 10th, whatever it will be of of those options, then I think he probably has the first half of next season to start looking like, you know, he can take us to a a level above. Um, And if we're sitting in mid-table again, you know, come January, then I think it's... uh, it's possibly then time to start worrying. But I think he's done enough in the one-off games, um, in the cup semi-final, the cup final. I still think we'll go through on Thursday night. I really do. And I, I think we'll make it to that final. Um, against United. <laughs> most likely to yeah. be against United. And, 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 and that's fascinating. So we've just got to get through um, this week. I mean, the, the idea that we lose on Thursday night and we have seven not quite dead rubbers because if you won all seven, you give yourself a tiny chance of, you know, getting a European place in the league. But the idea that our season would kind of be pretty much, you know, over with nothing to play for is a, is a very sad one because even you can argue, you know, Emery and we, we had a, you know, a tough year. He took us all the way to a, you know, to a, to a European final and gave us something to look forward to right till the very end. So this would be a, a new low, but I'm 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 still backing him for for now. And boy, do you feel similarly, right? I'm backing him for the next four days. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be one of those really inane, reactive um, fans who, you know, changes there. But I I I I kind of echo what Trevor said. I've had I've gone through all the emotions that anyone who listens to this podcast would probably work out that you know various periods I think I think my I have issues with him and I think um you know I I I think if we lose on Thursday if we go out on Thursday that's it's it's going to take a lot for me to to feel much justification for him to carry on if 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 we then won all our those seven league games we can't get rid of him if if he leaves after Thursday because because we is possible for us to get into Europe um, you know, it's not beyond the realms of, 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 of possibility. You know, we're four points behind Spurs, seven games to go. Spurs are quite capable of imploding. You know, mm. their fans are furious with the manager. They want to get rid of him. So, um, you know, so we literally it would be bizarre. It, it, there's no way we're getting rid of him until the end of the season. But I do think if we go out of the Europa this week and we stay eighth, ninth, tenth, you know, at the moment we're ninth, we soared to ninth. Um, I have to say... I don't know. He's had two, you know, he's had, I think, I know it's that people say, well, you have to, in this day and age, pundits like Jamie Carragher again, they will say, you have to give managers, you know, three chance of winners. But for me, with Arsenal, it's like, how much can be done in a transfer window anyway? You know, it's like, actually, if you look, if you stand back from it, 
you go, well, you kind of, in a way, our, our, what Arteta's proven this season is if you have a really experienced, brilliant, world-class coach, then actually that's more important than fostering someone who feels that they have the DNA of the club within them. You know, I think, I think the, the Chelsea example with Frank and the, our example with us shows that, you know, for me, it's like I look at what's happened with Chelsea. I know they're a much better squad and everything, but I just think you get a brilliant world-class coach like Thomas Tuchel and what a transformation he's made. I think someone could do better with our squad, even with the many issues we have, than Arteta. And I'm not saying that means I think we should get rid of him now, but I do think if we go out of the Europa, we don't qualify for Europe at the end of the season – what would be the big? What, what are we gaining by keeping with sticking to him, sticking with I, him? Just a quick addition to what yeah. Josh said, and and and, and, I, and I think it's probably a fair point that if we don't win the Europa League, you know, he's got the first half of next season. But I actually think it's it's as important, possibly even more important, because the two are related. What he does between the start of June and the end of August, as to what he does between the middle of August and Christmas, because clearly we need new blood. Clearly, we need to get some Deadwood out of the club, um, a former Chelsea winger for a start off. Um, so, and, and I, I know we haven't got Chelsea or United's um, riches, but we do have some money, and it's not just about a huge war chest. We've got enough people on the scouts and whatever. You can still pick up very good players. You don't have them go and get superstars. Yes, it would be nice. I mean, I would. I think I said to you the first time I was on this season, I didn't understand why we hadn't put a, a bid in for Jack Grealish last summer. Um, let's do it again. Nobody might turn around and say, no, fuck off. They say, might say we want 100 million or some stupid figure. And then we say, well, sorry, you know, be realistic. But you've got to try and change something that clearly is not the finished article. No one, Arteta, no Arsenal fans would say this team's a finished article. Needs some new blood in it, not just some promising young players like Smith Rowe, Odegaard, if he stays, unlikely probably from what we hear, but maybe um, Saka and Tini. We need more than that. We, I mean, the defence needs a serious... Central defence needs a serious overhaul. Go on, well, but Trevor, just, just... I mean, Jack Grealish, that's just not realistic, is it? I mean, we haven't... Well, I know, I know. Summer. It wouldn't huh? be, I think. I don't think, I, I mean, what, all I'd say is I, I just think, I just don't think, I mean, I'd love it in, in theory, but I certainly don't think now with, you know, I, I, with this, I think we're going to be more harshly affected by the COVID situation with no crowds at all, which is going to still carry on. It's going to be a long time before they get anywhere near at full capacity. And we're totally, we're so much more dependent on that home attendance for, for, for money than most other teams. Cause we haven't got, we've got an owner who's still, barely contributes anything to the coffers. I don't think, so I don't think that kind of signing is, is, is possible at all. So I think I, we are, you, I think, I think we, I think for, for me, the hope against hope is we somehow managed to convince Odegaard, who I think is potentially a brilliant player, a creative player like Jack Greenish to stay. I think that's yeah. our priority. Please God, get him to stay. It might, I mean, that might be out of our hands, might it, depending on what Real Madrid do. But just going back to Greenish briefly, is it, are you saying that because, it's going to be too much money, or are you yeah. saying that oh, because yeah. Just he wouldn't money. want to come to Arsenal? No, 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 no. Purely money. I think he would. I think they would want about you know getting on for a hundred million from. I think he's that level of you know. I think uh, uh, put it this way: I'm sure Man United will come along and spend 80, 90 million on him. So it's purely that. Yeah. Anyway, we, we've got we've got to take a break. We can we'll talk more about the future of Arsenal. Um, we should talk about that fucking goal as well a bit because it was amazing. Um, uh, after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. 
And we're back from the break. Um, we haven't signed Grealish in the in the in the break. Uh, no no major developments there. Which as I mentioned, that goal though, and people are saying the commentators said it, and you know everyone's going, oh, you know, Arsene Wenger esque. I mean, actually, we did. <laughs> I mean, it was a brilliant, brilliant move, and um, you know, it's when you see that kind of move come together. Which resulting, I think, from to give Arteta credit from his team selection against the worst team in the country in in the league, then it's brilliant and it shows what we're capable of. And I think it's really uplifting. So I am uplifted by that goal. And I think because you know, fans complain. I've seen a lot of fans recently, including people who've been on this podcast, actually decrying um, at the way we play and saying, you know, oh, we, Arteta. And I've mentioned it as well. But I think yesterday shows that really, not just against Sheffield United, but I think hopefully against a lot of teams, he does know how to get us playing fluid, liquid football to quote Alan Partridge. It, was, it wasn't quite as good as Jack Wilshere's goal against Norwich, was it? But it was a very, very good goal. Yeah. And it, it, was a, it, was a, it, it was a pleasure to watch that kind of football because, yeah, we, we haven't seen that much of it this season a little bit at times you know you mentioned the Spurs game I mentioned the United game we you know Chelsea. That was, it, was, it was a great goal yeah. I, without wishing to you know piss on the bonfire um, oh piss away was a, well look who it was again I mean you know it's easier to score that kind of goal against Sheffield United than it will than it is against Manchester City or or Chelsea I, but, but yes great goal enjoyed watching uh, probably may maybe we should give a little bit more more credit than we have been because we we had been four games without a win and despite being crap for huge parts of this season we actually hadn't gone five games without a win I think you know we had that period where we had lost to Burnley drew with Southampton lost to Everton lost to Man City but we actually hadn't managed this season to go five games without a win so it was actually one of those nights where we probably have all taken a horrible one nil win so to go and be so convincing and score some some good goals and do it with missing players it's, it may be we deserve a little bit more more credit than I was sort of giving earlier but well, it's, also um, also Josh it was our first clean sheet for 638 games which which yeah. is terrific yeah yeah and and that has to play into it and and you know it's also interesting isn't it when you think about the different combinations we've had at centre-back I mean you talk about changes for Thursday night boy Pablo Mari is coming in I think that's his you know eighth game maybe of the season yeah. um you know we've we've had obviously Gabriel's played a bunch of games Cedric uh, Pablo Mari Chambers holding Tony David Louise you know you've had kind of eight defenders all all play a reasonable amount of games. It's been a, a little bit unusual. Plus, not even mentioning, you know, Xhaka and Saka, you know, playing at playing at left back. So, yeah, that's it's got to be boost, I like... uh, boosting morale. But what what I will I just did want to say yeah. is we've actually been better away from home. And, and looking ahead to mm. Thursday, we we've been yeah. scoring goals, you know, on the road. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not so worried. You know, looking at the the recent, we haven't actually lost away since. Villa, which was a you know actually quite a long time ago now, two two months away. We've been you know good wins at Leicester, Olympiacos, Sheffield United. We've drawn those games against Benfica, Burnley, and West Ham. So I I I know it's a disappointing result, and I felt it felt terrible like just conceding the goal in in the last minute in the way we did. But actually, when you sat back and watched the highlights. They had enough opportunities in that game to get yeah. a goal. Yeah. Much as much as we did, and Lacazette went through and felt like he was sort of slowing down on some sort of remote yeah. control as he as he got closer <laughs> yeah. to the goal. Actually, you know, one all wasn't wildly away from from the reflection of the game. So, you know, we just have to, to take stock and you know back back the players are, are good enough. And you can go our oh, Slavia Prague unbeaten at home in a year or whatever it is, but. You know, we are the hardest team by a mile that have had to play in in this whole period. So, you know, it, we'll, we, oh, you know I mean, we can beat. We, we, we can we're beat. in Absolutely. an okay position. But what I would say, I mean, I just wanted to. You mentioned Mari. I thought Mari looks. I think Mari looks really good. I, I, I mm. think he, I don't think he's put in a bad performance when he's been picked. And I think I'd play him. You know, against Slavia Prague. I think I think Gabriel looked a bit dodgy again. You know, I mean, no, a lot of players had a bad game against Slavia Prague last week, but Gabriel was one of them for me. Party had his worst game, didn't he? For, yeah, for yeah. us, he was terrible. He's gone off a lot. I well, think. but he was good yesterday. I mean, I know. Yes. I, yeah. he, we keep saying it. I know it's only Sheffield United, but he was ap- he was great. I mean, at various moments, he was like took over the whole 
fucking game and had some amazing, some great. It was what exactly we wanted from him. Yeah. So hopefully, I think the Slavia Prague was so, and I, I don't want to repeat myself. I, I do, I do blame Arteta for the setup. I think the players were generally pissed off in that game, you know, and, and and it looked like it. And I think there was a mass kind of terrible performance thing going on, including Partey, which was awful. But. I, I'd play Mari. I think Mari and Holding looks a better bet than Gabrielle and Holding to me, you know. And so I'd, I'd stick with I'd stick with it. Chambers I thought was good yesterday as well. You know, I, I'd, I'd be tempted to pick him again in the in the in the game. But I but I but I think I think against Slavia Prague, the main thing for me is that we just put pressure on them. It was incredible how little like the goalkeeper yeah. is dodgy, right? And we didn't have they couldn't even press the goalkeeper. You know, yeah. it was lame. It was it was just bewildering. That kind of thing, I think has to change that if, if you know if they're even vaguely if he even picks a vaguely pacey creative team i think i think we i think we could and should beat them but will he but whether he will or not if he picks i mean if he fucking picks william <laughs> that will be that will be reason enough gem seriously reason enough to get rid of him you know come the summer i, I genuinely think that if that's going to be the hill he dies on you know and I know Trevor, you agree with me, but Josh, okay. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him. I, I seriously wouldn't. If in the most important game of the season he picks William, you know, for me that's like a sackable offence. Seriously, sackable offence. Is that going too far? Look, Are you I, trying I, to think well, of the case? Yeah, I think it's too far. <laughs> well, Why? The, the case of defence has been he's, you know, if you wanted to argue, you'd go down, you know, big big experience and you know in in this competition, and he has been slightly better of late. But I, I think he's got a place on the bench. I don't I don't begrudge Willian enough to think that he doesn't deserve a place on our bench and could potentially come on if uh, if required but he played um, him last I, week in the most important game of the season he picked him from the start and he was yeah. and he was mediocre and he did not and he fucking did not you know i mean there was one fairly decent pass that that kind of led to a to a um to a chance but he was slow he and predictable player. no 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 but but you haven't but the manager's job isn't to not pick your worst players it's to pick your best players in the most important game of the season and that was last thursday was the most important game of the season, and he picked fucking william and i thought it was up uh, it was really infuriating so if that happens again i'm sorry serious serious questions have to be asked i hope yeah. and pray it doesn't but it's weird that he picked him he's a he's a winger that can't beat a man That's right the problem yeah what, what, what use is that yeah <laughs> And he's not even playing on, you know, the whole. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, so I think me, I think if you're if you're Martinelli or Pepe, you you feel frustrated being left out last week, don't you? With justification. And who and who would you rather? Who, sorry to interrupt, you, but who would you rather play against if you're a defender? Of Pepe, oh. Martinelli, or William? Oh, I mean, you know, who's I mean, Pepe? <laughs> Pepe. To be fair, Pepe is hot and cold, isn't he? Like Pepe took a, a long time to get into the game. Yeah, but at least, at least he run, at right. least he runs a defender. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Pepe's perfectly capable, as Alan yeah. Alger, our regular guest, will tell you, right. of of you know not controlling the ball, but he's equally capable. There was a brilliant moment of skill against he had against Sheffield United. Um, and then five seconds later, he doesn't trap the ball properly. Whereas, you know, you've got Chambers, kind of Chambers that traps the ball and controls it brilliantly. Like well, it, was a good, it, was a, it was a good little finish, uh, the goal yeah. at Slavia Prague, wasn't oh, it? Oh, completely. Was finish. Really yeah. good goal. I, he's kind of like... Um, I feel Pepe's like the kind of infuriating, not quite as as infuriating as Ceballos, but he's yeah. like, I don't, I just think with him, it's like focus. He doesn't seem to focus fully hundred percent throughout any game ever. And it's like, as soon as he does focus and he really gets that together, then he's great. And he can, has all the skills in the world, all the technique in the world, yeah. but then he loses focus and he can't keep hold of the ball. And it's, it's just weird, but whether he'll ever match the, 72 million promise. I don't know, but I'd still pick him ahead of fucking um, William every day of the week. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just a case of, does he play, does he stick with Martinelli? I think, I think he has to go bold and play Martinelli against Slavia Prague. I really do. Josh? I think he'll play Pepe. Um, well, you think, think it'll Martinelli. be Pepe? But you think it'll be Pepe, yeah, Pepe. Saka, if he's, if he's, well, fair. I, I, yeah, you worry about his his fitness. I think Lacazette has put himself in a position where he has to play, and that's really? his. Uh, yeah, he was I terrible do. in the first leg. <laughs> Can we remind no, you? No, but I, I think he's 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 the one. And I, I'm not sure about Aubameyang coming straight. I don't know if he'll come straight back in the team. I can. I wouldn't play both of them. I definitely the wouldn't play both of them. No I, way. I think it will be. I, I, I think it will be Lacazette. 
Um, yeah, and and, and? well, <laughs> Saka if he's fit, and yeah, I think he'll go Pepe. And who in the number ten though? And then who, who else? Well, Smith Rowe if he's fit, presumably, right? But if he might not, if, be. He, if yeah. he's fit, um, and if he's not, I think you're reluctant to say know, Martinelli is going to lead you to picking William in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, look, it is, it is a tough one calling it three days out without without knowing the injury situation. Yeah. But I think it's easier to agree with you that he won't play Lacazette and Aubameyang, and I can I can foresee it being Lacazette who gets a nod at the minute. Do you think it's just Aubameyang walks back in? Right, right, right. But if the injuries stay as they are, if Emil Smith-Rowe and um, Odegaard aren't available, who else do you play in that attack? What would, you, what would your attack be, is the question I'm asking, if those injuries stay as they have been, if they're not available? If, if there's no Saka and no Smith-Rowe? No, no, no. Saka, I'm hoping, is just a dead leg. But if there's no, if Smith-Rowe and Odegaard seem to be slightly more concerning injuries, you know, that could keep them out for one more game or a couple more games... So I'm saying, if they're not available, who do you play? Yeah, I think Martinelli gets gets right. in with the shout okay. at Thank that God. point. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just like you. No, know, I love I, Martinelli. I, I, I honestly, but it has to. You it's, know, it's, it's for me. It's, there's not even any question because I don't see. You know, it, it would be insanity to not play him. Well, we've we've seen enough situations where, you know, yeah. Willian has been selected at, at points this season where you you wouldn't you wouldn't rule it out. Okay. I know we haven't got a massive amount of time left, but I, I just wanted to mention one thing very briefly. I, I can absolutely guarantee that an Arsenal player has got at least one vote in the Football Writers Association uh, Football of the Year uh, poll because I voted for Kieran Tierney. And you know what? I, I very rarely vote for Arsenal player. I, think, I mean, I voted for Henri, obviously, back in the day. Yeah. But in more recent years, you vote for the Mo Salas and the Kevin De Bruyne's, and usually the winner does come from the league champions, and especially in a season where... City are going to win the league by by a huge amount, but actually, having looked at it, I think he's been I think he's been the best player in the league all season. Maybe he looks better because he's playing with you know lesser players than the likes of De Bruyne and Salah are playing with at City and Liverpool. But I just thought I'd mention that because I I, I thought I mean I, yeah that's it. interesting that is interesting he's definitely our player of the season. Oh no, question. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean I think he'll be in the team of the year. I think he'll be in the running. Oh, yeah. I'd yeah. hope he'd be in the top six. I'd hope, but I think they're going to go for. Who do they'll I think they'll always go for a city for a, a yeah. league. Yeah, um, I mean, also um, Chelsea. What's his name? You know, um, uh, Chelsea forward. He's been brilliant. Um, the young guy. Uh, I think he'll be in there in the running. Chelsea forward has been brilliant. Well, they've got Werner. They've got Havertz. Mason Mount. Pugis- Mason Mount. Mason Mount. Mount. Definitely. Yeah, Mount's had a very good season. Mason yeah. Mount will pip. I think will pip sucker to young player of the year, and I think he may well be in the running for player of the year. Um, but yeah, you're right. It'll be it'll be a Man City player. What's his name? The the uh, who's anyway? But I, 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 I'm with you. What Foden? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Are you talking about for player of the year or young player? Player of the year. Of the year. Player of the year. Who's going to be player of the year? De Bruyne. Yeah, maybe. And also the guy who scored loads of goals all of a sudden for Man City. Uh, I think, I mean, player of the year. I mean, Bruno Fernandez was certainly in the in the reckoning, wasn't Bruno, he? For Fernandes the, the favourites. Well. Uh, and then Ruben Diaz, I think, was one of the other favourites, the centre back. Um, I mean, you maybe you were thinking of Gundogan. Gundogan, Gundogan, yeah, Gundogan's had an incredible uh, season. I think Bruno Fernandez is favourite. That's the last time I looked. Is what, it? What, 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 one other thing I think is worthy of a of thirty seconds discussion, on, uh, not not to do with Arsenal, but it, it, I thought it was hysterical. Mourinho's press conference yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, it was brilliant. Basically, yeah. yeah. So his team get turned over, having led one nil. And all he's on about is this throwaway quote that Solskjaer said about, you know, if my son did what son did, I wouldn't feed him or something ridiculous. It's classic Mourinho deflection, isn't it? He's done his whole yeah. career. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Yeah. I was going to bring it up, Trevor. Yeah, I was going to, because I, what I would say is, first of all, I mean, um, <laughs> the man, for him, the Man United, for Solskjaer to, to make, that was the funniest thing and most interesting thing he's ever said. I mean, that yeah, was quite a brilliant yeah. little kind of analogy. And yeah. also weird because he started talking about with my son and of course it was Son who he was yeah. talking about. Which <laughs> yes. was, I don't know whether he was deliberate or confusing. No, I think it was just coincidence. Just coincidence. Yeah. But Son is a massive cheat. I mean, he's really infuriating and that was not, and he did completely overreact to that, you know, Barely tap tap in the vague direction of his face that let, that grotesquely led to, led to the disallowing of that goal. I can't stand Son. I find him so infuriating. Good player, he throws, isn't he? 
Oh, he's a brilliant player. Of course, that's partly why I can't stand him because he's so good. Um, and always, I always think he's going to score against Arsenal, but thankfully. But so well, I just, I just I love thought, the yeah, way I thought, yeah, I thought the, the just, quote was brilliant. I'm not going to talk about the fact my team yeah. were crap. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this throwaway line from Solskjaer. hundred percent. Yeah, he devoted yeah. the whole. It was brilliant. Yeah, his interview with um, he had quite. It was, it was funny you know, on the post-match interview on TV where he was like, you know, um, I don't know how to talk to the press sometimes about this kind of thing, and you know, <laughs> he, yeah, he was. He was as. I mean, whatever happens to Arteta. I think those who feel Mourinho would have done better, you know, and and there are a lot of people who say that who think he is easily, obviously world class. I think Mourinho's ego and um, stubbornness. I was saying last week that Arteta's stubbornness worries me sometimes. I think that characteristic in a manager, that kind of ego-led stubbornness, where look, I think it's happening with William. William is one of the examples of you know, for me, Arteta just sticking to William because he was key in buying him and he has to back him partly because of ego reasons. Yeah. And I think almost everything that happens with um, Jose Marino happens because yeah. of his ego pretty much. And that is always undermining him and undermining his success. So I find it very entertaining that, that, that Tottenham aren't doing very well. Sorry, Josh, we've ended up. Talking. No, I can, I can only echo the, the, the reasoning Trevor gave to take the attention away from such a disappointing defeat. And I don't know if you actually watched um, an interview that Son did with with Spurs in the house channel, but I saw it on Twitter. No. I mean, no. Son looks distraught. So he is. He is. He always so looks upset. distraught. No, but it's like even the interviewer who's from Tottenham, you know, Hotspur yeah. themselves, yeah. is saying, "Son, I must have interviewed you a hundred times because I've never seen you look so low." And he just looked despondent of like a team that knows that even if they take the lead, and it's just it doesn't look like a a happy camp at the moment. And I guess the one thing out of Sunday is it might still be out of our realms of, you know, European qualification via a league finish, but I guess it's still plausible with, you know, yeah. w- with Spurs that they're only four points ahead yeah, of I us. Yeah, I said that. I said that. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, yeah. It, I think that's a lot feels, of that. It's down to Marino's insanity. But now we need to look at and, and just, you know, we, I guess we want to predict Thursday night. And then look, I mean, Fulham, you know, it looked like they were coming back to life, um, you know, a month or six weeks ago. And I mean, it wouldn't be the final nail in the coffin, but it, it, they're running out of lives. Like they, this yeah. feels yeah. like their last chance. And, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, with, with the games we had left, I mean, we've said it before, haven't, haven't we? And I was looking at the eight games we had left, you know, ahead of, um, ahead of a trip to Sheffield United. And I, you look at those games and you say, well, if, if somehow we can post... 20 points out of 24. Chelsea's the tough one, isn't it? Ambitious. Yeah, you've got Chelsea and uh, and Everton. But if we get 20 points, you just never know with this season. But you just want to see us, like, not make any more mistakes now. And we, you know, we have to just, you know, be a bit more ruthless. But the reality is Thursday is the big one. Of course, yeah. Right, Trevor, let's nail it down. What's the score going to be on Thursday? Uh, I think the score will be Slavia Prague 1, Arsenal 1, and we will lose on penalties. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> sorry to be so pessimistic that's that is painful that's painful yeah. um i can't I'm, sit through two I'm hours going... i can't sit through two hours of that <laughs> fucking hell what a thought josh i i think 2-2 two, two, an arsenal to advance on away goals i do do think we will we'll get mm. over the line i i can't bear the idea i, I mean We've had a shit season, but I mean, if it's all over on this Thursday night, having had a reasonable draw, like we, you know, we, we cannot complain about the, the draw we've had to get to this point, then it will be so disappointing. Boyd, give me hope. I'm going to give you hope. Um, I think it's going to be one or for a long time. I think we'll definitely score. I think they'll definitely score. Hence, it'll be one or for a long time. <laughs> but I think, I think fairly late on, we'll score. We'll work it 2-1. Fairly late in, on, in and it'll be like in the ninety minutes. Yeah, I think in the ninety minutes. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll. We'll. Um, someone like Aubameyang or Martinelli or someone will score. Yeah, kind of late on in the second half. Yeah, that's my feeling. I mean, it's blind optimism completely. But, um, <laughs> and then yeah, Fulham. I mean, uh, when's that? Is that Saturday, Sunday afternoon? Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm going to say like. Actually, I'm going to say a slightly excruciating one nil victory for that one. I go two. I go two nil. Two nil. And Josh, three one. Now we've got to taste the clean sheets, Josh. I mean, bear that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to keep it up. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I think three three one. 
but Fulham are going to have to go for it. I mean, uh, you know, Fulham, yeah. uh, a point is used, so Fulham, Fulham need wins, and hopefully that makes for a, uh, you know, a, re- a reasonable game. But, um, yeah. you know, from what I've I seen mean, of them of late, yeah. I think we, we should have enough. I mean, the tension just about the team news is for for Thursday is is like you know unbearable. And I, you know, I, I have to say, you know, if, if um, I'm sure Mikel listens to this podcast and the <laughs> other 57 Arsenal podcasts that are out there, yeah, do not pick William. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not messing about here. Don't that. make that the hill. You are going <laughs> to die on that hill if that is the hill you're 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 leading up to. Trevor and I are in full agreement. Yeah. Josh isn't so sure. He's staring into space in his Sarah house um, loft, but I think I think he knows. I think he knows that we're right. Uh, thanks, Trevor. It's been sorry. Say it again. A Willian Nillian is the mantra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Particularly that deadly Willian Lacazette combination. I, I love Lacazette. I don't love him. I like him. I definitely. Yeah. But that is not going to get us anywhere if that ha- no. if that is the selection. Anyway, we'll see. We'll, I'll calm down now, and we'll see. Thanks, Trevor, so much as ever. Always a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Josh. Um, thank you Boyd yeah and uh, we'll be back hopefully not with (laughs) with our season still going in a week's time bye this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.